1: <music> Namaste,
0: motherfuckers.
2: Welcome to Namaste, motherfuckers. The only podcast where the worlds of work, comedy, and well-being collide. The podcast where the life-changing stuff happens. I'm your host, Callie Beaton, and this episode is called Happy Hour, and today's theme is Drums. Drumming apparently burns more calories in a half hour than cycling, hiking, or weightlifting for that same amount of time. The world's largest drum kit has an amazing 813 pieces and it took 36 years to build. It was built by Dr. Mark Temperato, I think his name sounds quite drummy, um, who is currently working to expand it to more than a thousand pieces. And we've actually put a YouTube link um, to all of that in the show notes so you can see it in action. And from the largest to the longest, stop it, The longest ever drum session clocked in at 122 hours, 25 minutes. And that was an Indonesian drummer by the name of Kunto or Kunto okay probably kunto hartono and it lasted from december the 27th 2011 to january the first 2012. that's a great length to go to not to have to talk to your family over that tricky time of year you look like you're on um radio caroline there
1: well i could be um uh no i've acquired a taste for hawaiian shirts Um, uh...
2: that's today's guest al murray Def leopards rick allen lost his arm in a car accident during the height of the band's success. And instead of letting the amputation derail his career, he created a specially designed drum kit and continued to be one of the greatest drummers of all time. Meanwhile, there are lots of iconic female drummers from Karen Carpenter to Sheila E to Meg White of White Stripes fame. But a name you may be less familiar with is that of Viola Smith, who was one of the first Ever female drummers working in orchestras and swing bands right back in the nineteen twenties, and in twenty nineteen at the age of hundred and seven, she was still drumming in a band. Um, sadly, she died the next year. But what a legend! And I don't think she died of drumming. I think it was just an unhappy coincidence. And last but not least, a fact for my zookeeper son: the macaque monkey is known to drum objects in a rhythmic way in order to show social dominance. So drumming is a form of social communication works for macaques just as it has worked for us throughout the
1: ages. What you're doing is glimpsing into my midlife crisis, which has been running for about 15 years now, so.
2: For over 20 years, Al Murray has filled venues around the world as the pub landlord, along the way, winning numerous awards and accolades. He's hosted countless TV series, including Al Murray's Happy Hour and groundbreaking sitcom, Time, Gentleman, Please. And he's made multiple appearances on the Royal Variety performance and hosted Live at the Apollo and Live at the Palladium. As himself, Al, authored and presented Al Murray, Why Does Everyone Hate the English? and Why Do the Brits Win Every War? He also co-hosts the hugely popular World War II history podcast, We Have Ways of Making You Talk, alongside fellow best-selling military author James Holland. Al has also enjoyed considerable success as a writer and his books include Book of British Common Sense, Think Yourself British, Great British Pub Quiz Book, watching war films with my dad, and most recently, Command, a book about how the Allies learned to win the second world war. Oh, and if you're wondering why the theme of this episode, well, Al is also an accomplished drummer and he has drummed with everyone from Queen to Phil Collins and is the owner of the British Drum Company. Al and I talked about drums, kids, vasectomies, Brexit, the pub landlord, boarding school, AI, Harry Hill, the Second World War, and being born within four miles and a few months of each other in rural Buckinghamshire. But I started by asking him about the decision that he made, like lots of other men, to have young kids just when his older ones were all grown up.
1: It's not just the men that do it, it's the women who say, "Um, if you don't want to live in the howling void on your own, we may have to have a child
2: yes I'm aware of this there is one such child in my blended family unit not provided by me I might add I did say to my kid's dad I was like you'll end up having another baby he's like no we've been really clear about that two years Uh, later baby
1: you can't be clear about it that there is no, no clar there is no clarity on these things no. I
2: see that well we won't get into vasectomies and the pros and cons because I've only just met you and I don't want to go straight
1: there well so, I mean um... I'm quite up I'm quite upfront <laughs> I've I'm I am the spade dog I've had it done and it's it's fantastic
2: although well, it's um a, as a weird word as a word to the wise, I am um, uh, one of my exes uh, who I met up with a few years after we'd split up. By then, he was sixty and he'd had a vasectomy mm. long before mm. he'd met me. Turned out, he was the proud owner of a two-year-old and had had a reverse vasectomy Jeez. for um, a woman who he met in Guatemala wearing a string bikini by a waterfall. Well, amazing that, how persuasive these things can be. I mean, that
1: might reverse it without needing to go to a surgeon. <laughs> exactly. <Just.
2: laughs> and we're off. We're on. We're on fire. Um, so you're you're sitting with uh, various musical instruments behind you mm. uh, guitars i know of you more for drums uh, you yes i can't those play those
1: guitars the drums are over the drums are over there look see this is
2: really like a sort of teenage boy's dream this that sounds weird but there's some um, environment it's got all the things
1: but... well i well what i mean one of the one of the one of the things you know people that's definitely true about a lot of entertainers is that essentially the state of arrested development and um i i've I've embraced it fully, you know. I am I, um, pursuing the thing I was really interested in as a kid, history-wise, which is the Second World War. I'm really I've become completely involved in a thing, a sort of ongoing massive project that's doing that. I've got a company that makes drum kits. I play music in my spare time, and I get to tell rude jokes. I mean, what else? What else could the fourteen-year-old me possibly have wanted?
2: And to lark right. about on a West End stage doing well, Jolly tune, Japes.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. It, it is literally the dream. And yeah. for anyone
2: listening, uh, because we don't release this on video, you've got three guitars behind you. You just swung yes. your camera around to see a drum kit. You've also got an electric. Yeah. Have you got behind no, it's a you? Little more, electric yeah. one, yeah, for, a my, electric for my daughter. And then yeah. there are
1: all those prototype snare drums up there by the, on the walls, all the different prototypes I get sent
2: your drum companies got mm. a bit of a I thought a bit of a brexit named British drum company <laughs> I thought that I was I assume it was named before the referendum or, or is it your yes, little water
1: Farage it's our eighth birthday today um uh, uh yes it was named before that but it was it was really the, the purpose of that was because no one has been manufacturing drums in the uk There have been lot there are a lot there have been in recent years, there have been companies that are British based, but all their stuff has been OEM ma- manufactured in the Far East. And we wanted to say we're doing it here. We're making them here. We're making them with British craftsmen because there was a tradition of drum making here that sort of went away a bit. So that that's it's as it's as it's as naked as that. And the badge is a conscious echo of previous classic British drum designers and manufacturers from the '60s. So, like which ones? There's a there's a there was a brand called Beverly who had a B very like ours um not or not it's still a letter B so no one could sue anyone and then um uh, the shape of the badge is not it's not unlike premier who the other big British manufacturer who um who I used to have dealings with and don't anymore but um anyway it, it, there's a kind of there's a deliberate imprint in the in the in the branding and the choice of the name and everything and to be honest a big part of our core market is as mar- uh, uh, marching drums so um if you go to the royal marines and you want to sell them um new drums if they're called if they're from the british drum company they fall over themselves i bet though- they do and the drums are brilliant they're the best made in the world but uh and they are and i know i'm i know i'm know and I, I bet my shirt on the thing that they and it's they quite are, a shirt to bet it's just i mean yes for those yes it's got it's got uh, <laughs> it's got everything going on on it and stuff anyway but the but the point is is um uh uh it it, it was one of those ways of really laying down the, the 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 law about what we're doing um uh but it isn't brexity let's put it that way i mean the, the thing i think Thing maybe British people don't quite know about how British brands, luxury brands, are perceived abroad is the fact that they're British is a big selling point. Yes,
2: hence and, the and, Union Jack lights on minis, the, yeah, yes, and all that and there. all that
1: stuff, which we may go, oh god, make 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 some of our teeth itch, but but actually, outside in the outside world, it's a different it's a different prospect, and certainly with music, with rock music, there is still very much this, um, uh, you know, uh, Keith Moon, Ginger Baker. Uh, um, John Bonham, and Ringo association with Britishness and rock music that, that's a thing that uh, particularly in drumming people take very very seriously so you know we were just, we were just trying to vibe on all those things all at once um, when we shook hands drunkenly at the Edinburgh Fringe 8 years ago to agree to go into business together so um,
2: and this yeah. episode is proudly brought to you by the British <laughs> Drum Company uh, so <laughs> <laughs> and did you it's also quite a savvy thing as someone who comes from a business background a mm. bit of passive income a bit of money while you sleep which is a hard thing to achieve in our game
1: that's the that's the long term aim we aren't we aren't there yet because um we uh, uh have had uh, you know we're not unique. We've had we've had five really well four very challenging years um, with the, uh, the the approach of Deal or No Deal Brexit, where no one knew what was going to happen, which was extremely difficult. Especially when your distributor is based in Brussels, that was very hard. We went WTO rules really early. We thought that's what's going to happen, so we went WTO rules early, which is a mound of paperwork and, a, and an absolute bore lake right? And for or against Brexit. That aspect of it is an absolute ball ache, and mm. uh, um, uh, you know, to all those listening, I don't think many of-, of my
2: listeners are four. I might be wrong, no, but no, no, you know saying. what I mean.
1: You know what I mean. The, 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 that's the fact of the facts of the matter is that it's created an enormous set of an enormous set of paperwork that no one had to do before. You know, but brexiteers would single... just
2: say it's not but it's just not working yet. that's the thing I think they've taken to well, say. That. Well, well I mean in
1: a, yes, and we all need to try yeah. harder and all that It will stuff. work. It's just not yeah, but, yet at the moment but, but, it's a but, ball ache, eh? but it's going to work brilliantly. The paperwork won't do itself. It's the point so you have to pay someone to do that. So everything costs more, blah blah, blah it takes more time. Blah, blah, blah. And it's so boring. And then the and then the pandemic where all of global supply chains were completely banjaxed to the point where you could you couldn't get we couldn't get the drum skins we needed to put in the drums we make because they come from somewhere else. You can't we don't make our own heads. And so so what do you do? You finish the drums. You can't put the heads on them. And It's like, well, what do we do? And all of the global, you know, the global global supply chains have not recovered. Um, the sort of idea that the Far East for sort of screws and washers and things um, used to be on a kind of quarterly just in time. That's gone out the window. Um, uh and then a war in um, the part of the world where birch is made, and we use a lot of birch, means the price of birch has gone through the roof. Aside from all the other knock-on effects of the of, uh, of Russian aggression in Ukraine, and um, uh, it's a bloody
2: inconvenient war that one. And not everyone mentions well, the birch first, but I'm well, glad well, I, I
1: I know, but, but 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 you know what I mean. I think people don't realise necessarily all the implications. The, 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 the colossal globe. I mean, apart apart from you know obviously grain supply chains to africa the what what it, what that was done to food it food price inflation in say the lebanon but if you're one of the other things that's happening is that the government now if they get a whiff of you using any word that's of any russian origin at all they will close your company then and there the minute they find it so everyone's having to be much much more stringent and it's and it's caused inflation in all those prices so so running a company that need that that was happy in the single market that needed global supply chains to run smoothly let alone you know, pandemic's not occurring and that needs raw materials from the part of the world, which is now um, enmeshed in conflict, has made things quite tricky. But, you so know, if
2: we want business advice, there are better people to look to than you, but you're there, you're still riding it riding it out. Also, I guess the line Yeah, heat- I
1: completely, yeah. If the, yeah. There are much better people to look to. But, you know, the thing is, the thing is, is manufacturing this country is very, very difficult anyway. Um, uh, uh, yeah, we used lo- to be known
2: for it. Now we are barely doing it. Yeah, because
1: we took our eye off the ball. Basically. we did we decided, the
2: one we thing we, we could do. do the one thing we had
1: one job one well job. yeah we had we had one job yes um but but and, um, but you know it, it the thing is the thing is though the way we do, i mean i and i would say this but we do make the best drums of the world they're the best shells in the world it's pretty much i think it's pretty much acknowledged now that that's the case the handmade shells that we make the way we make our ply and all that we do it that we that's our own proprietary make, way of making stuff it's the best in the world it's the it, and the detailing on the drums is the envy of the world and we we know that um does it mean what... they're
2: the most expensive drums in the world no
1: they're not no no another um, bit of
2: bad business decision making no no no. no
1: no 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 because you want people to buy them. yeah you want people to buy them and have
2: it did your drums were used at the coronation weren't they yes that's right they were does that mean, mean we coronation? paid for them
1: as taxpayers
2: just yes, checking thank you
1: very much yes. okay Mike, it's our awesome. pleasure good yeah but at least at least the money stayed in the country exactly
2: exactly and i have a little <laughs> bit of it went towards that that shirt did, so you've played um you you're not a bad drummer are you
1: well i'm all right i'm an enthusiastic amateur who knows who knows? I know what I bring to the party. Let's put it that way.
2: It's quite. My dad's a timpanist, so we've grown uh, up with um. Every uh, car well, there ever yeah. was had to be the right size for timpani, and sort of if uh, we could fit in or not was an added bonus. See,
1: that's what I used to do at school because at school they very well, the school I went to they very much frowned on the idea of you know. Kit drums, kick k- playing drum kit, yeah, mm. drum set. They didn't like it one bit, but but you're allowed you're allowed to play the timpani, which means basically you're a, a removalist. And uh, spend your life lugging, like you say, lugging stuff about fitting it in a van and or a car,
2: and counting bars, hundreds of, counting bars of bars before your thousands of bars rest.
1: Yes, and, and sometimes getting lost and wondering, well, maybe I'll come in here. I don't know.
2: Yes, exactly, and no one cares. <laughs> it's always a moment of great drama, and most of the audience haven't got a bloody clue. So good on yeah. them. Yeah. Um, and do you? So you've played with you, you've played with uh, Iron Maiden, Queen, Phil Collins.
1: Yes, I've I've played with Nico from Iron Maiden. I've not played with Maiden. I've not had that. I've not had that. Um, uh, honor. We're
2: going to delete played... that bit because I want you to played with Iron Maiden.
1: Much better. Much better. Well, podcast. no, 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 no. I, I've I've done a thing with Nico where we've duelled, and I did a thing with Phil Collins. Yes, on my talk show, which was which, and he was my hero drummer when I was a little boy. Uh, and 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 after actually, I think he's the, he's an absolutely extraordinary drummer. Um, and uh, 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 and I managed to persuade him to come on my old talk show, and he came on and we played drums together, which was the most like one of those moments you think this can't, this cannot be happening, this ca- this cannot be happening. This is impossible. And I said to him, you know, I, you know, if I got the a time machine and told my 12 year old self about that, this, he'd explode. And he said, well, no, well then don't do that then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, looking at you as I am now, if he were to cut you off, just sort of bridge of nose up, Bit of a phil collins thing going on there like, Well, put what, your hands... I'm,
1: what are you saying i'm a bit bald
2: well, i just feel there's a bit of a look the shape of the head the tilt of the heads well maybe 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 yeah but, but, you but, might do something but... with that i'll pretend i've had him on as well
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then i yes and i played i've played with queen and with with the sas band which is the band that bat queen so i've done stuff with them as well and do you is, still play much yes i do play i play well i haven't played much lately in the pandemic we reached this sort of standoff because suddenly my wife was working at home and uh you know but you're still all- married jesus well, done. well 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 i mean yeah i mean you you, everyone had to find out all sorts of things about themselves didn't they i found um, out i liked
2: being single
1: oh no, really oh <laughs> yeah oh well there we go <laughs> well 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 but the thing is is normally there's no one at home in the no one in the any of us in the street during the week so i can practice any any amount i like and then suddenly there was someone in the room above the drum set and it all got a bit, bit difficult but one of my daughters, one of my grown-up daughters, Willow, um, uh, is an amazing singer. So what we did in the pandemics, we wrote three hours of music together.
2: That's brilliant.
1: Um, and 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 then started off by streaming it for the family. we do little concerts on Zoom on like sort of Sunday night where we'd sing. Her one end of the room, the backing track coming out the computer through the Zoom and then me the other end on the drums and, and for for friends and family. And then we did actually did some sort of distanced gigs online uh, just for the, to be honest, just for the hell of it for something to do. And she's, she's quite brilliant, but she's, she's, she, what she needs to do is fire her uncool dad and find a band of, of um, attractive young people who make her look cool rather than me at the back beaming with pride. Cause she's such an amazing singer and also unable quite to believe that we're making music together and we've got all this stuff together and how clever she is and how she's written all this music. And, and so I sit at the back, I sit at the back playing away, giving it, giving it my all thinking, you know, a complete a complete win in life's lottery in that one, and the, and the pandemic gave us that because I wouldn't have been around, she would have been doing her A levels like a normal person at the time. You know, that the, the fact that suddenly there was this time and this space to do things that I'd never that were impossible was wonderful. I know the and I know the pandemic was a dreadful event for most people, um, but the, you know, it, it's an ill wind that blows no one any good, and that was the good we got out of it.
2: That's true. There were bits of good that came out of it. I mm. got used to doing a Zoom comedy, which was an absolute delight. <laughs> oh, and, Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, that was... Did you do much of it? Yeah, I did do quite a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, the good news is you can sort of, they're on mute anyway, so you can just pretend yeah. it's not that there's nothing happening. You just can't hear it. You just can't hear them <laughs> There's people getting the frozen chicken out of the freezer. You're doing your best 10. Yeah. It's, it's a strange thing. And you did well not to have to lower yourself to that level. Oh, no, I did a
1: load of it. I did a load oh, did of it you? in the end. Yeah, yeah. I did for, for <laughs> James Gill, for AB abc for always be i would do a pub quiz on a monday that would run for a couple of hours it was really good fun
2: did you? Well, I wish I'd known about that. I quite liked it in the end. I thought if you decided to see it more as telly, because we're used to doing stuff in, you know, a little square, aren't we? I think if you didn't try to just do stand-up, I used to see stand-ups and they'd got a fake brick wall behind them and they were there with a, and I thought, no, just do it like, a, do it more like Stephen Colbert doing a monologue. That's more like this.
1: Yeah, more or like this. because yeah, like like we, We'd yeah. have we'd have a gallery of 24 people I could hear laughing and then I'd see the other sort of 100 tick, you know, 100, 150 ticking away on the, on the, um, you know, uh, message board and then they'd have to mark themselves and then we'd pick a win I'd pick a winner at the end so so we made sure someone didn't win every week because it was, was always the same person winning every week and that we did I mean we did that that was in the second long lockdown where I did actually think I was going to have to retrain as I mean fuck knows what <laughs> <laughs> Some, something else
2: <laughs> the tales will be telling the grandkids eh? oh, yeah. Sitting there oh doing yeah pub quizzes on. Z- did you do any driving in gigs When they came back.
1: No, absolutely not.
2: They were really shit.
1: I was warned off them.
2: Yes, you Um, did well to be... And they looked amazing. People were like, no, and this is where we've had, you know, whatever bands playing and we can fit 4,000 cars and you get to them, you're like, this is the shittest... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah experience yeah haven't? harry hill harry hill rang me and said absolutely whatever you do don't do
2: under no circumstances under yeah no, no i do a, circumstances. i do a thing on stage about the with no worse heckle than when someone just turns their engine on and fucks off <laughs> it's a very sad it's a very sad moment you're um you you were were you born in stukeley
1: yes yeah because I, I was born, born
2: in swanbourne which is really? all we had is is mersley between us you're joking! Yeah, born in Swanbourne. My my grandparents ran Swanbourne House School. No, and I was born in the grounds. I was born in a little house in the grounds of Swanbourne House School.
1: I had a friend who used to work there.
2: Did you? When did they work there? Well, I guess they'll be oh, younger no,
1: than me. It'd, it'd be nine. Oh God, in the in the mid in the mid nineties, after he finished uni and he retrained as a teacher, and then he went, he, he got a job there for a bit. Did so you like he like it? There. He loved it. You know, so he, I don't know. He was he was in his mid twenties. He had a black Labrador. He was mr he was young mr chips he just he was having the, <laughs> he was having the greatest time of his life you know um uh yeah yeah no that's right yes no because he, he 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 had a job in town and then he crashed out and he got a job there yeah and, and uh, uh yeah wow god so yeah never... i was born i went
2: back there to have a look we lived there till i was eight so my my grandparents still ran it so until the, then and so then were there
1: in the 70s and then yeah in the
2: 70s and my parents were both worked there they built a little sort of wooden bungalow in the grounds that we lived in. I like really, I went back to see it recently, and it looked more like a porter cabin. I had this memory of this sort of lyrical child in this beautiful wooden house in the woods, but actually, it was, it was, it's now used for the Gap Year stuff, and it is pretty basic. That may even be where
1: my friend Gavin lived.
2: It might. Well, you have to ask him because I was very. I went along, and they actually let me in because Gap Years don't give a shit, do they? I could be yeah. anybody. They're just like, yeah, oh, yeah, come yeah. in, have a beer. So I, yeah. I went down, knocked on the door. They said, yeah, come in. And my bedroom still had the same uh, sliding wardrobes from the. Seventies in it, so it's so weird going in there years wow. later. So yeah, it's now a gap year house. So yeah, we were born in that very similar neck of the woods. Were you there throughout your childhood then?
1: Well, i i went to I went to boarding school when I was nine. But yeah, my parent my parents are still there. They were one four four High Street, and now they are around the corner in Dunton Road. They they yeah. Perhaps don't give
2: the exact street number for those absolute
1: deep well, that's, fans. He'll be Where they used on the to deal. live, that's I've said. Where <laughs> yes. they used to live. Um, no, they 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 yeah. They're around the corner. They've been in this and they've been in the same house that we. Met moved to when i was three or whatever so um uh they've, they're very much and they're not stuck as too they, they love it there but they're, they're still there yeah yeah we ended up
2: in dorset so a little way away but yes i mm. do um, i sometimes gig near there and i'm always slightly curious to go back and see what it's like there it's yeah it, it hasn't really changed i have no. to say in all the years No,
1: those bits those villages around there sort of haven't there's a lot there's been a lot of building in wing up the road from houses yeah, there but they haven't they haven't had the sort of um you know, new building yet, really, which is all happening over near Aylesbury, which is, like, now full of whole new, essentially, villages, which is is kind of amazing. Every time I go back, there's, there's another bit. You think, oh, God, take the wrong turn, and you end up in a whole new, like,
2: a new build. Yeah, they're weird yeah. those. They're like it's like sort of being in the Truman show, isn't it? You sort of leave a place yes. you used to know and then you're like, this feels like two. Yes. I did a gig last That's night. right. weird new build. The whole village has been sort of plopped onto an airfield and yeah. it's been made into a place with 2,000 people living and, like, and they it. all yeah. know each other and they all go around each other's houses. And I thought this this seems like a reality TV show. I would I would want out within well, two days. Well, I mean, with
1: all the ring doorbells, it probably is a reality TV show. You there go. <laughs> and you go. You've had a hackable. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's go from very niche geography of Buckingham. to conspiracy theories and i think we've already done brexit and the ukraine war i think we're pretty much done is um, (laughs) that when you were talking about your your um your troubles with your supply chains and so on it Mm. did remind me of some of your pub landlord uh rants and explanations which are actually quite they're they're quite educational some of the ones you do aren't they about (laughs) economics and things like that i feel i I feel we could be putting them out in schools and do better than some (laughs) of the things that are being put out in schools
1: well yeah i always think He's, he has a mission to explain, and um, I, I often think lots of explanations of things that everyone take for granted. When you when you start to push into them, they're basically stories, and they've got story shapes and all that sort of thing. So that that's how the that's that's how it fits the act so well. You know that my and my explanation of world finance that I used to do sort of um, two or three tours ago. Was, was pretty much right as well you know? it is right yeah i was having
2: a look at it again before i interviewed you and uh it is right and it's and it's very yeah i will put a link to it for those who need to understand that and i feel the drum <laughs> supply chain manufacturing supply chain is the next thing for you to talk about well was... i think
1: well i think no ai is going to be the big thing in the next tour everything it's going to all be There's going to be a lot of ai chat in it and what who who's basically going to be replaced when i do my crowd work it's going to be well, you're for the chock, mate. And then uh, basically working my way through who AI is going to spare. Because that's, Yes. That's, will that's, they spare that's... you is
2: the question, or will you be able to be replaced?
1: Well, this is it. In the end, they, we're, we're going to need flesh and blood comedians. My conclusion is essentially any job like so, plumber, electrician, pizza delivery, uh, uh, all those sort of jobs that essentially are jobs in 1970s porn films will remain... Um, safe from ai
2: so that's the kind of that's that that's the test is it, it Could could that's just the be pub landlord bar yes yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
1: yeah and obviously that then includes uh, the shaggy, right so those are the things that are safe from ai in according to pub landlord logic everything else Accountancy, you know, because accountants don't turn up in porn films. I mean...
2: No, not often. I mean, I dare say I've not dived into OnlyFans. <laughs> There'll be a niche, yeah. Well, of course. totally licking well, accountants. I can't of believe you can not the other.
1: That. I mean, as soon as we're done, trust me, I'm going into my private browser. <laughs> the Siri's
2: probably already on it for me by now, and I've said that. Ruining my browser history. <laughs> that Although I think you can fall in love. It's only really the sex that you would need not to be AI. I think the courting and the wooing and actually people could delegate the bit they don't want to do, which is taking their partner out for dinner, listening well, to yeah. their day at work and well, just get yeah. straight back for the shagging.
1: It's interesting. Isn't that? That's an interesting notion. Is it sort of like kind of Serrano de Bergerac with AI? Yeah. yeah. I um, tell you yeah. what, it
2: would have made my dating life a lot better if someone had had AI in their earpiece a lot of the time, I think. <laughs> we
1: might have got to three <laughs>
2: dates. You never <laughs> know. Namaste,
0: Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new, you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation, this is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The pub landlord came about accidentally,
2: right?
1: Yes. Yes, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and literally to fill a gap in something, um, uh, because I had failed to come up with a thing that was going to fill the gap um, before that um uh so it's me it was me and harry hill um uh, um who i saw the other night i haven't seen in ages this is very nice and um we we we'd met doing weekending on radio Four. i mean this is all so long ago this is like this is real archaeology and um and uh we started mucking about doing stuff together and he'd get me on to do silly voices in his shows and we i brought my drums to edinburgh one year and his mate matt um bradstock who was a doctor, but was also sort of inveigled into Harry's stuff, I and mean, who's sadly no longer with us. Um, and uh, he he brought his piano with him, and so we started mucking, literally jamming in the flat, and took it to the Fringe Club one night as a sort of drunken bet to each other. And it, this thing worked with Harry singing, us playing together. So we brought it back the next year for Edinburgh. And I was meant to be comparing, and I'd come up with a thing that didn't work, that just didn't work. And I tried it three or four times, and it's, you know, that, that feeling when the tide has gone completely Was it a character you were
2: trying to do? Yeah, it was a character. Yeah, yeah, an
1: old an old show, sort of an old showbiz guy, an old sort of vaudevillian. And I was too young to do it. I didn't really know what I was doing and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, then we get to, we get to Edinburgh. And on the day I say, why don't, because we're in the cabaret bar at the Fri- Pleasance, I say, why don't we say that the compé hasn't turned up? Because he kind of hadn't. <laughs> um, and uh, And that the barman has offered to fill in. And Harry sort of went, yeah, whatever. Because it was another one of my bright ideas. And I I'd, I went on and I had a suit and I went on and sort of did this thing where I was doing the show as if it was a menu, a pub menu. So prawn cocktail first. So that'll be disappointing. Followed by, a, you know, a over heavy stuffed thing, which was Harry. And then, you know, finished with the dessert, which is the band. So I did it like that. And they were laughing just at the manner and the sort of. And I also did it. I mean, the, the big changes the first times I did, I did it. He wasn't very happy about being on stage. He was sort of been forced on at gunpoint. Um, okay, that, so that's changed. That changed quite quite quickly. Yes. That uh, but has that's changed. me. That's me. Um, and then the next day I cut my hair off because Harry had some clippers and I started writing some jokes, and then had to do it every night, had to go back on after Harry had done 40 minutes of absolutely, you know, it was when he was absolutely breaking out, and his stuff was so sort of blisteringly hot and surprising for everyone. So I really had to make sure what I did worked. And then we went on a tour, and we did like a seventy-date tour after that. And the end of it, I had an hour of material just out of nowhere. So, From the having... message
2: kids listening: prepare late, uh, shave your hair, and write some jokes.
1: And then, and get someone to take you on tour with them who needs a lie down. Um, uh... <laughs> well, that's everyone who's on tour. So well, there that's we are. Easy. <laughs> there we are. But I mean, it was. But 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 what what was really what what was really interesting about it is as soon as I'd worked out kind of the edges of the thing. You know, I think it's the thing in creativity. When people, I was, you know, when people say there are no rules, it's oh, shut up, shut up, talking like that about this. It's much too important. Knowing how to knowing how to write comedy and perform comedy is much more important than bandying around the idea that there are no rules or that comedy should be edgy. shut up, shut up, talking like that about it. There are very hard and fast rules, or well, there are certainly there are certainly ways and means and techniques of getting ways of getting things done. You tend to arrive at them by yourself and find the way they work for you yourself. And and one of the one of the most important rules is knowing what literally what what the frame of your portrait is, where your edges are, not not what edgy is, where your edges are, where the the, the, I can't remember which artist says the most important part of a portrait is the frame, because it decides how you're proportioning it, where you're sitting it. What its what its limits are, and the minute I found the margins for the pub landlord, I was away, and 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 that happened sort of, you know, six months into six months into doing him, like it all clicked, and it's basically not changed very much since because it's an attitude, and yeah, it's a character, but it's actually it's an attitude that he's a pub landlord is it's the dressing, it, it you know because he could be a sergeant major, a cab driver, he could be a bus driver, he could be anyone basically who thinks he's in charge but isn't, it's that that's it. The, it, and and then the attitude of knowing everything and having an explanation for everything, that's it. That's all there is to it. That's the margin. That's the frame. And I think the moment you know that you're away. Um, and and I found that out really, really quickly with it, which I was, so I was very lucky. So but it's that it's it's sniffing out really what your where your sides are. Um, it's funny uh, that it's
2: also perspective. It's funny, such a basic thing that I think is sometimes missing. Having worked in comedy for a long time before I started doing it and having watched many yeah. people at many phases of their careers. And sometimes the stuff's brilliant, but you're like, yeah, but I don't really know what you think about this. You know, that's a great observation, but what on earth has that got to do with you? And yeah. it's never it's never a struggle until there's a personal kind of perspective. That's the bit everyone wants, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And with your, because it's also deadline though. I thought when it, because you were absolutely slammed and up against it and you had to pull something out of the bag. It's funny how many times I think creators. I know there are people who forensically work mm. at, at things and then the, then the thing comes out. I'm not saying you don't forensically work at what you do as the pub landlord, but sometimes something comes out because there's a creative deadline. You've just got to bloody get up and do something. And it takes no prisoners. Well, yeah, on I mean, stage and be funny.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I think a big part of like, um, you know, my schooling, we we weren't. We, I'm pre-coursework for GCSE or whatever. We were we were all deadline. Mm. And I'm I was really, really good at exams. I could sit down and go, oh, yeah, I remember that from that lesson. I could do that without having had any sometimes without really having really engaged with the thing at all. It would just, it would appear. My mind works like that. I'm good in the, I'm good in that clinch. And, and I do think, yes, with a lot of creative people, but I think that's very often, you know, a mate of mine, a mate of mine, he was always, he, 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 was always, he'd always be saying, you know, I know it looks like, is it uh, Aussie mate money because I know it looks like you just look out the window and do bugger all, mate, but I know that there's something <laughs> going on in there that makes this all work. And the thing is, I think he's, I actually, on, Actually, think he's right. The way my mind works, I, 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 I'm very. I, I'll concentrate on the thing I want to. I'll, I'll switch. I'll do some music. I'll think of something else. I'll write something else. I'll read something else. But I know all the time the thing's stirring in the pot because I've got this. I've got a history, another history book to write because I wrote a history book last year, and um I've got another one to write. And I can feel that happening now. The way the book's going to organize itself is starting to sort of present itself to me as I start doing the reading I need to do around it. And that—that's decades of doing this. hopefully if you get a knock to the
2: head along the way you'll be able to write it in mandarin as well without even having taken a
1: lesson well that would be that 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 would be a bonus (laughs) wouldn't it well i don't know that i don't know that i don't know that uh, a book about a heroic british army defeat in 1944 is really going to sell doesn't matter if it sells it's a
2: story isn't it for the (laughs) promo tour it's a story (laughs) for lorraine (laughs) who gives a shit who reads it
1: (laughs) <laughs> that's the <a> spirit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you've got into, yeah, we can't we can't talk to you without talking about World War mm. II. And it's a wonder mm. it hasn't come up more already. Because when mm. you wrote um Command was the first book you wrote yeah. that was a proper, a proper sort of history book about yes. how the Allies won the Second World War. Yes. And it, even though that was not your first rodeo in terms of writing a book, I imagine, um, as someone who's writing a book at the moment, when you've sort of committed to something and taken the advance and suddenly you realize, oh, it's an actual history book, it's quite that's quite a different. Proposition was there an oh shit moment or did it just slowly
1: it percolate? Was a year of oh shit. Hmm. Um uh mainly because um, I've written I've written, I don't know, six joke books, funny books, whatever, books, books with jokes in, funnies in. And there in the end, if you don't like the jokes, whatever. I mean, I think I always think the thing that Pete that the the, the the people on social media who don't like you don't understand is when they say, I don't think oh you're not funny, I don't think you're funny. You think, well, oh, okay. Most people can't, you know, we can't all like everything. You don't like me. I've looked at your timeline. I'm quite pleased you don't like me. <laughs> you know, the, 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 we, 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 we can. And that means I can carry on. You can carry on. Everyone's happy. I mean, thanks for letting me know, but it's not going to alter a thing. Right. Um, and uh, but with a history book. Because the difference, the difference I've always found with... Because I've written funny books, and they're, they're okay to do, but there's also the agony that in the end, there's a full stop at the end of the book. And that's that's the end of your interaction with the material. Yeah, you, you can keep those...
2: tweaking it like a show. It's I think a lot of comics little... find that really hard because we're yeah. used to it, the magnum opus always being able to change.
1: Yeah, it never ends. It never ends. And, the, uh, you know, I'll do, if I do a touring show, it'll be two hours of stand-up and I'll do it probably for 18 months, for like probably do it 150 times maybe. And, and it can be... Uh, different on the last night if I want, right? Because we're never signing off on it, and you, maybe you put it on a DVD. But even then, you you even then you know that that's a representation of that night, not necessarily the whole show. You know, blah 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 blah. But when you put the full stop on a book, it's done. And I don't, I didn't, I didn't like that much with the comedy books, but they were easier to write. But this has been absolute. This was command was absolute torture because it had to have an argument, right? As well as be right that the facts had to all stack up, the quotes all had to be attributable. Attributable, you know, the 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 opinions of the historians I was drawing on had to all be creditable. That, um, you know, that, and then it goes into black and white, and then it's forever what I supposedly think about this subject. And the other thing is, is I read around a lot, and you know, some of the things in the book in that book I disagree with now.
2: (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Shifted, I think, in terms of attributable quotes, pretty much anything that was said for about a ten-year period around then was just given to Churchill, wasn't it? Uh Well,
1: yes, yes, exactly. That's the thing, and there is a sort of swamp of uh of uh of received mythical opinion around the around the war as well that you sort of that you sort of have to sort of crash around in and, and 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 I don't like spending too long on saying well actually the battle of britain was won by the royal navy if you really think about it I don't I don't like because because you just then you sound like a kind of um a well actually guy rather than someone who wants to talk about the the thing as a as a present moment you know Uh, Do you, in terms
2: of, but you're writing another one, another historical tome, also about World War Two, presumably. Also
1: about, well, yeah, the Second World War is actually, by by the way, is our preferred terminology because the first one, there was a second one, okay, because because the Americans call it World War Two. It's vulgar. It makes it sound like a sequel. Makes it sound like a
2: sequels are never as good as the original, are they?
1: Apart from the Godfather, although actually, although actually the second world war, the sequel is better than the first world war. Yeah, there's no true. doubt about it. It's, I mean, it's, it, I mean, better or worse depends on it. I mean, it's better if you're the bad guys because they get to kill more people. Yeah. Um, uh, it's better if you're good guys. Cause in the end, it, it, good triumphs despite, and it, you know, and whatever. there's more of a
2: chance we can <laughs> chat to people who are still involved in it. Uh, it's getting, a yes, bit yes, tough. yes. The old first one now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're, they're all, they're all gone. Yeah. There's no Dead and gone. Um, um, but, but yeah, but um. so yes, I'm writing another one. And what I'm trying to do is write about one day. Just trying to write about one day, but use that day to say what does this tell us about what's got us to this day? That one day from midnight to midnight on one day,
2: and then you're going to get Bill Murray to play it in the movie.
1: Well, that that's not a bad idea actually. Although he's a bit old, as ever in war films, everyone's too old.
2: Yeah, that is true. They are because they're not eleven. Is um and and, <laughs> and you've got um <laughs> you've got family links then. That's what led you down the path of getting so is it fair to yeah. say
1: obsessively interested in the subject oh no i'm 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 not obsessed i can i can i can think about other things why I, I, only <laughs> over there is lou sanders new book um, uh, go. Uh, um no um my father was really really interested in the history um uh, you know really fascinated by because he'd been a soldier and and, I th- and he'd known a lot of people who'd all of he was a soldier in the 50s and all of his officers that had, had been there and done all that and then and then the other the sort of the, the other side of it is that my mother's father was was killed in the fighting outside Dunkirk just before the evacuation began. Um, and we didn't she never knew him. It wasn't really it wasn't really clear exactly what had happened to his battalion and, and why and all that sort of stuff. So so the, and my grandmother had lost her brother and her husband so that the, the, the imprint of the thing was on our family.
2: That your Christmas lunches were a laugh with all that. Well,
1: like, well, well, uh, well, no, but the, well, no, but no, but it's not that. It's just that, that it, it was, it was a real thing. It was, the, and my, I'd like watching, when I was a little boy, I'd like watching the war films. And my grandmother would be, would be disgusted at that, you know, and you sort of think, right, well, and as a small child, you don't understand where she's coming from at all. But, uh, you know, as you, as you grow and you exit sort of boy's own phase of being interested in it, you start to see the actual impact of the thing. And then the impact of the thing on, on, Everything in our country, in our culture, you know, the, it, it's, it's the, uh, you know, Robert Harris, who we interviewed for the podcast a while ago, he said, you know, when people say, why are you interested in the Second World War? He says, well, why aren't you? It's, you know, because mm. it, 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 it made us the way we are, yeah, for better a, or worse.
2: It's definitely a good question. And if there's one, um, if there's one thing that you one of sort of people who was aren't as sort of knowledgeable about it as you. Which yeah, is probably most people. Um, <laughs> if, there's, if there's something that if you had one thing, you'd say, this is something that really fucking irritates me. People always get this wrong or they don't think
1: of this. Is that a thing? Well, the the, the sort of boilerplate one is the idea that Britain stood alone. Um, uh, I mean, uh, alone. And they knew this at the time and they said this at the time. They meant alone as in the British Empire stands alone they didn't mean kent they mean yes they try meant... telling
2: that to kent though they're stubborn well i know there. and
1: uh, fair enough fair enough because because the battle of britain kind of happened there um but but you know you are talking australia south africa canada new zealand india um uh uh th- that jo- and and basically america um america were going to do everything they could to supply us with stuff until they Finally got dragged into it. You know, that the 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 thing that is the British Empire, which it very much was in 1939, 1940 to 1945, is what fought the Second World War, not Britain. Britain was part of that imperial whole and the center of it all, but you know, and when so so that's the one where I if, if you know, if I if you want a, the pub ball conversation with me, that's the one where you can do the stats. But the other end, the other, the, the other end of it completely is people just do not know what happened in China, they have no idea. And why what happened in China completely shaped Chinese-American relations ever since, and why we are where we are between the West and China now, because of what happened in the Second World War in China.
2: And that's why when you write your next book in Mandarin, it's going to be helpful.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe that's why I should reconsider. Yes, a a Mandarin translation. It's not irrelevant
2: for anyone who says it was.
1: Well, our war, our war is irrelevant compared to theirs. If you're Chinese, right? You know, the untold millions died in that war, and it was in the middle of a civil war as well. And what the Japanese did was like diabolical. And then the Americans basically um, dropped them. And, and we didn't uh, really get
2: taught about that as much in school, did we? It wasn't really no, taught no in my O level syllabus. No one knows. Yeah. No one knows. Mm-hmm. Did you? Um, you studied modern history at Oxford? Yes. And that was based upon you already having this. Enormous... That was me being
1: into history, and yeah. then getting to getting to an old, uh, you know an old and venerable university, and discovering they didn't really want me to study the things I was interested in. So I I did an awful lot of what my tazzy friend would call looking out the window when I was at university, and mucking about, and getting to know people who are into comedy, and wanting suddenly thinking, God, I could do this. This is a real thing. This is a thing. This is the thing you can do. All you have to do really is show up, and have a yeah. go. Um, and getting a that, degree from Oxford, presumably along the way. Yeah, but but that that didn't get you gigs up the creek. um
2: No, it's not. A, it's not. A, yeah, it's it's a bit of a leveler then, isn't it? It's a bit of a yeah. yes. It's Jim, yeah, my Yeah, it's an got element a Degree of from Oxford. He's never done up the creek. Hasn't helped yeah. him at all. Well, they you are, see. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, but, a physics degree from Oxford's done him no favors but, at all on the comedy but
1: I, circuit. But but, but but yeah, I mean it, the thing is the thing is is I did I like I said I got there and I and I I didn't really I. I can't decide if I regret it or not because I didn't really get stuck into the into the um, study when I was there. But But that's where you
2: met um, Lee and Herring and all of that. That, That's where it all started. So in that regard, it was fortuitous that you found yourself in those hallowed halls.
1: Well, exactly. And maybe if I'd been like um, eyes down studying, I wouldn't have done the sketch comedy I found myself doing and all that, which is which which pitched me into doing this. So, I, I, you know, you whatever could have, would have, should have and all that. I I just don't know.
2: Do you think the um, I know that because you, you, you went to Bedford School, which is a d- mm. decent, um, a decent private school. My brother went to kind of a third rate private school. And when he went to Oxford, he's um, he's a, probably a year older than you. He was. You, were you there with Michael Gove and Boris Johnson and all that lot?
1: Go. It was Gove for president the first term.
2: Yeah, because my brother was had was against that backdrop as well. And he said yeah. the only people that that lot despised more than state school kids were kids who'd gone to the shit
1: public schools. Well, well. You know what I mean? Bedford was a good school, but it wasn't in the bracket where those yeah, it wasn't Eton or nice Harrow. To, no, there was there is there is no one that that um public school top public school boys hate more than lower lower public school people. that's absolutely that's a, a perfect observation. And and how that you know it's the way they it's the way you see people talk about Rishi Sunak that he's a Wiccanist. I mean that doesn't mean anything to anyone except the people. It, it means stuff too, and they're all those horrible arseholes. I mean, uh, uh, you know, it. Itonians, I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I, I think I know one who's really nice. Well, but well I done. But I, Gosh, but I that's, probably know a, hand- an, a unicorn. But I probably know a handful. So, you know,
2: is it um, in terms of the confidence of a because there is a there is a I, I still my kids went to the state schools. I was educated yeah. partly privately because my parents worked in that system.
1: I was a yeah. sort of 50
2: 50 private and state. My brother was purely private school. But do you think there is a confidence that the, the bit that's the thing people say, isn't it? You get a confidence from those experiences that's hard to kind of garner elsewhere. Or do you think that's bollocks?
1: You know what? I think it's probably bollocks. Because otherwise, you know, the, the, otherwise the, there'd be 20 of me from my school who ended up in stand-up comedy. And there aren't. I, d- I just don't think, I just, I don't buy it. The, I think that, the, you know, the, the, the thing that stand-up comics have in, in, in common uh, is there is, there, I think there is as there is representative of a cross-section of kinds of people as any other. We aren't, we don't all want to kill ourselves. We aren't all Pagliacci going to see the psychiatrist we aren't we aren't like that you've got outgoing uh comics you've got introverted comics you've got you've got monogamous you've got the the, the, the reciprocal of that you know you've got everything i think you've got every single kind of person people are into music people who are tone deaf you've got absolutely every kind of person but the one thing they're interested in doing is going on stage and telling jokes that's the thing that you that's the thing that unites them and i don't think that is a public school Oxford thing I don't think I I, I don't think it is I think what the what the public school Oxford thing people maybe have is that they come from a background where they can afford to take a few more chances Mm.
2: and they may have been told more maybe not if you want to do this you can do it there may be more of a sense I definitely think that my capacity to do things that looking back I'm like why did why and how did I think I could do that and I think that came from the prep school I was at in Dorset which was an incredible prep school
1: my school was not in my school. I mean, they still don't know what they still don't know what really what to say about me, Um you know, because that isn't a career path. You're, you're, you know, you're turning, whatever it is, the fees cost there that the, the school doesn't really want the parents to be going, wait a minute, you're recommending they become a stand-up comedian. Like look at the money I'm spending on this. To blue you know? plaque
2: or not to blue plaque. That's well, a well, dilemma the, Bedford school will be referenced. Well, I really hope not. I,
1: I, I sincerely hope not. You know, <laughs> I'd, 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 I'd break in and chisel the thing off the, off the brickwork i mean the the, the no i think i do, i think i think because certainly my education there, there are a bunch of us who, who hung out together at school and, and they're the ones who it's that little crew of us who've gone on to do some of us have gone on to do some some different different things to everyone else but there was no there was no way at, the, at my prep school they're saying follow your dreams if you're a creative person you know that wasn't the lingo in um in the 70s and 80s? No, was, no, I was. wasn't
2: told that either, but I do think I was sort of imbued with having a voice and doing things in a I i do look back if there's any link to my upbringing what's led me to do the things i've done as an adult i think a lot of it did come in that very early period which also doesn't mean you're happy does it doesn't mean we're all in these boarding school environments again this is amazing i think it's a yeah. shit, shit place to find yourself when you're a young yes. human um yeah. but yes i do and also maybe that thing of having to be very independent as well you do have to really sort your shit well, out at an impossibly yeah, but, young age don't but you? i think
1: but i think you know because i i boarded from when i was younger what that created in me is a a, a, a desperate need for attention and you know that, that, that that's as powerful as it, in in um was as pa- what or certainly was as powerful a part of my makeup as whether i'm confident or not you know that that, that that the laughter of strangers, the approval of strangers, that's a very that's a very interesting thing for people to like, and a and a very uh, peculiar thing for people to like.
0: You yes. know, to know
1: that to know that they're not laughing at you, and you're meant to take it personally, because after all, lots of people do not like laugh being laughed at, because they think it's an attack. Yes, we, we comics go out looking to be laughed at, which is a very which is very unusual, and that 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 you know that that could be born as of many other things as you being self-confident or feeling feeling that you ought to have a voice and all that sort of stuff I think
2: I always say when I do the after dinner speaking and the sort of keynote speaking circuit there's nothing more nothing stranger than wanting to stand in a room of people facing the one way round. if you think of us in terms of evolution it's yeah. not a natural thing to do is um yes. Yeah, so you have you've been quite downwardly mobile and since the old William <laughs> Thackeray days is he your yes. great great Great, great, great. Three three greats. Three greats. Um, In terms, I just want to ask you one thing about crowd work, and then I will ask you the three Mm. questions I ask everybody. Um, Your crowd work, do, do you obviously a huge amount of what you're doing and you're going to do the AI show and you're going to be looking at, um, you know, at sort of what the professions are that are going to lead to being made redundant and yeah. so on. So loads of that is, I, I know you've talked about this, but lots of that is, so you've got shit on plumbers, teachers. Well,
1: yeah, yeah. You, yeah, because I've been doing it. I've been doing, I uh, 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 sort of, about, it's about, I mean, it's, it's about 1999 when I've been doing the acts for five years and it was already working. I thought, right, what I've got to do now is really investigate how you make this actually spontaneous and uh and so what you do is you you write down absolutely every possible version of everything you ever could come up with sat at the desk you look at it all basically for an afternoon then you throw it away and never look at it again so it's somewhere in there in your head and then you create a a, a way of working uh, a, and it's generally basically the public I'm very reductionist he, he he reduces everything down he boils it down he breaks it down so so that's a that's a big part of how to make the crowd work work for him. I also the other reason I really went into the crowd work is I read I read um, David Mamet on acting, and um, he's very very interesting about how were like um, actors uh, uh, who worry about backstory are forgetting that when you meet someone, how they behave and what they say is their character. That character is defined by action. Literally, how you act shows your character. Right and i thought well i'm doing a character so let's have him say the things that define him rather than try and do jokes that define him mm. have him talk to people the way he would so you know immediately what he's like so you know straight away who he is and what he's like and and, and that's you know for a good 10 years i would literally come on and do that straight away and go who are you what, what you know and so, to show people what he's like rather than tell them via jokes right and so the cr- crowd work I think the reason the crowd work has worked so well for me, has served me so well, is because it it's doing the two jobs. And then the third job of making sure that every night is completely different. So that I'm not bored, they're not bored. They don't get the the, the feeling that they're watching a fourth wall thing behind a thing in a fish tank thing, that it's necessarily, it has to be different because I will not ever get those same combinations again. It's you must
2: have by now, especially if you've got the mind that was, you know, knocking out O and yeah. A levels without much revision, where when you've done the thing about whatever the niche profession was, you didn't think yes. you'd come across that it's there now and it's in the, it's in yes. the tank.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's definitely the case. So, so the one time in five years I get whatever, I I do have a reply, but, but that's, that first reply was the product of spontaneity. So, uh, you know, that the, the, the uh, uh, a jazz musician who plays a certain scale over a certain chord, you know, five nights later, he's still improvising. It, it, yeah, listen, it, I'm giving you
2: full credit. That's how it. That's how it's. Yeah. And what's your what's your um? Because openers, obviously, as any comics know, and anyone who watches comics know, you sort of live yeah. or die in your first thirty seconds. Yes. Usually, people yes. are taken again you, or they haven't. Yes, Do you, first you, impressions you presume... last. literally. Yes, yeah. and you presumably, because I always wonder when you've got the sort of massive reputation on the one hand the room's with you or they wouldn't be there but on the other hand the scope to fall off a cliff's bloody big isn't it because they're like this has got to be great it's got to be what I want
1: yes I, I, you know what I can't remember what I opened with in the last tour show I mean I always come and chuck beer over the front for couple of rows to start with and See, what I tried enough... that
2: didn't go down well at my well, no, right, but, you know, a pub in High Wycombe
1: action and character you know <laughs> what can I tell you um uh uh but um yeah um and very often, the thing that I find funny with that is sometimes people go, "What the fuck's happening?" And you're like, "You must know I do this by now." Or well, what do you expect? What do you expect? Yes. Um. Uh, I can't remember what the I can't remember what the opener was. Um. On the last tour, because because one of the things I do is once the tour's done, I try and make it um, leave my mind, so I don't um don't end up going around it all again. So uh, um yeah that the, the um, God, what was it? oh I'd, yeah that's it i do i do i do i did three things in a kind of look who's here way look look, look at what we got look who's here just three gag throwaway gags about different kinds of people because i had a thing about how we were all the survivors that, that we were the people who destiny had chosen after our country's struggle with covid19 you know to occupy the planet in the future and so i go look so we've got you know, we're literally the long, the short and the tall that we've got someone over there, someone over there, someone over there, someone over there. And they four jokes um, uh, just to just to get the thing on its on its feet. And then and then a bit because I've, I've changed it now. I used to just come on and do the crowd work. And now I do. I try and do like a sort of 15 minutes set out the stall for what the show is going to be about preamble. Um, and then and then go. But before that, before we get into what we're going to, I want to talk about. I need to know what you want to talk about and then talk to them. Yeah, because
2: people come for the crowd work. If you just knocked out yeah. a show without crowd work, the people would be very, very sad. And do you yeah, um probably? Th- <laughs> <laughs> and you're now um. I will just mention, although yes, it will yeah. still be going on. How long are you in the Crown uh, Jewels in the West End? Well, town? we're just
1: month? about to finish in London, okay. um, and then we're going on tour. So we're going to Salford, Canterbury, Cardiff, and Milton Keynes for a week in each. And and that's been very interesting because that's got crowd work in it as King Charles II. So. He's different. He thinks um, he thinks everything's wonderful and new and exciting. And so, if someone says they live in Australia, we do a whole thing about where the hell me and the footman I've got to go. Well, have you heard of that place? He goes, No, 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 Your Majesty. And I'm like, Well, where on earth is it? And then you ask them, and you assume they're deluded, and you know all this sort of thing. And then the, a lot of the jobs I've never we've never heard of, so we kind of have to. There's a guy, you know, we've had we've had lots of people who work in aerospace. So try explaining that to a man from 1671. Right?
2: That's a lovely bit of business as well as the actor doing that because the thing that you hear all actors say when they're doing a run in the West End or wherever else is, you know, knocking it out that many times a week in the same form. Uh, so managing to have something where, you know, every single time there's a bit that is not going to be the same. That must be quite yeah. heartening for the old morale.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. And for me as well, because this, this, is, this is sort of, you know, it's a comedy that's done a sort of restoration style. So there is, again, there's no fourth wall because my big fear I mean, I've asked actors this. I've said, how do you know it's going well? Right? How do you know how it's going? You're sat there and maybe someone coughs every five minutes. How do you know it's going well? And they said, well, you can kind of tell there's a weird vibe in the room tunes in and you can tell they're all really, they're really, really listening. But you can't like have, a, you can't check. You can't, you know, toss in a gag and find out. And, and Neil Morrissey was telling me he was doing, um because he's in it and it's been amazing working with him because he's, He's he's been in work forever, and he's he's got such incredible comic bones and deep chops for make finding the funny in a thing. And he did he did I think Private Lives or something, and um, which which was done you know no fourth wall and all this sort of thing. And at one point something went wrong, and he basically turned to the audience and said, "Well, that, I've never seen that before." Big laugh saves the scene, bails them all out, and in the interval he's summoned to. Uh, the lead leading lady's uh, dressing room told you must never do that again. You, that's completely unacceptable. What you just did. Wow. And he's he's thinking, I saved everyone's bacon for Christ's sake. I rescued the play. You know, yeah. we'd come up, we, we'd come off our wheels, and I rescued us. So, so yes, I mean, the the the. I, this is the thing. I'm very lucky. I'm doing a play that completely suits me because I come on and I go. You know, do you like me, lovely people, and 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 also he's really the king is really hypersexual in a like in a way that were we not doing this as a period piece yeah you can't be, be doing that
2: as the pub landlord you get cancelled
1: well no the pub landlord wishes he could hit on everyone
2: but doesn't quite do king it in the Ch- charles ii way
1: king charles ii is literally hitting on absolutely everybody and it's it's, it's actually sort of there's a tr- tremendous sort of freedom in it in a really weird way because i'm not like that so there's a, a tr- tr- double tremendous freedom in being able to do it you know he's He's outside the continuum in that uh, in that respect. Which is no vasectomies for him. No, no, no. A country littered with bastards. Scores a, of bastards.
2: A country littered with bastards. Yeah, uh, they should have put that on the bus side. <laughs> and in terms of, um, you're not thinking of running for anything anytime soon. You, you, were, you did the, um, you were, no, with, yeah, you ran for the Freedom. What was it? The Free, Free United Union Kingdom, Kingdom Party. Party in 2015 mm. against Farage.
1: Yes, I mean I, yes. We, we did it. We've made our point. We, I don't want to turn into Lord Such. I don't want to... No, and you haven't really have got the game. time. It
2: sounds like you've got 17 no. careers on the bubble, so yes, you maybe but... need to pick a lane.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I don't like that expression. Oh, I don't Do you know, know I think? I know. I think people... Should, I think people who stay in their lane... Well... You... We'll preaching never, to the we'll choir I've, I've learned kept... how to drive yeah. well every
2: time I get a lane that's lucrative and stable and successful I fuck off and get into another lane in a clapped <laughs> out <laughs> mini and wonder why it's not going very fast <laughs> but that's another story namaste, what would you pick Al as your namaste motherfucking life-changing moment
1: I'm um, coming up that that night at Pleasant's Cabaret Bar where I um, came up with the pub landlord by accident Everything's come from that. Literally, me saying, "So, how about I say the comp hasn't turned up and the barman's offered to fill in," and and that is it. That is because I'd have I'd have gone around looking for a thing to do. I'd have I'd have crawled around trying to come up with something. I'd have probably horror of horrors tried to do stand up as myself, which would have been the the worst thing, worst for me outcome imaginable. And and I, and I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. None of none of what we've been talking about would ever have happened.
2: So it's true, Edinburgh's where dreams are made,
1: kids. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And what's your favorite joke?
1: Oh my god. Um well my youngest daughter, Daisy, tells those kids jokes. Um, and I think what was the last one she said? When is a what is an octopus with no what do you call an octopus with no legs? What do you call an a, octopus with no legs? A door.
2: Right. <laughs> That's quite good. I quite like that. It's quite a lateral little bit of a.
1: Well, it's, I mean, you know, get Noel Fielding on the phone. Yeah. I mean, or Spike Milligan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no idea where where that came from, where it's going, what it is. But it, I, it, it's that thing of you can hear her mind going, oh,
2: okay. Oh, 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 so she's a point. little, she's a little thing. Is she she's not 22? Yeah.
1: No, she's, she's, she's five and a half. Excellent.
2: I like the yeah. way her brain's working. Absurd, yeah. an absurdist a little primary yeah. school kid. Yeah. Yeah. Not enough of those in the world.
1: No, there are not enough of those in the world.
2: And if you could give one bit of life advice, Al to anybody listening, what would it be?
1: Um, listen to we have ways of making you talk with me, Al Murray and James <laughs> Holland. Buy one uh, of bottle. your bloody drums. We've got oh, that no, in good the first two minutes. No, um I don't know. I mean, because I always think uh, uh advice like follow your dreams No one's ever no one's ever said that to me. Um, and and I, I find it presumptuous, you know. Maybe my dreams of, you know, are horrible shouldn't be followed. But I, I, you know, if it were someone who wants to be creative, um, I'd say, st- you know, it's going to be hard, but you have got to stick with it. And that's the that's actually the the thing. Um, really, stick with it. Stick with it. If you believe in it, stick with it. <laughs> Do do
0: do do
2: put links to al's podcast his books his tour dates and all the other good stuff in the show notes um, as well as his own comedy tour that he's doing again i think starting in 2024 that's all in the notes do check out his play the crown jewels which is on tour around the uk for the next few weeks it's just finished its london run and it's bloody fantastic so that is it for this week thank you so much for listening please do remember to rate review and recommend us we do love those shiny stars especially five Hey, them please. And we will be back in your feed next Thursday, as always, when I will be talking to skipper of the first all-female round-the-world yacht crew, Tracy Edwards. I think probably though, when we hit our first big storm, it, it really was like someone had said to me, oh, you are now the skipper of a boat in the Southern Ocean and you're in a really big storm. Namaste Motherfuckers was written and presented by me, Callie Beaton, and produced by Mike Hansen for Pod People Productions, with music by Jake Yap. I'm Callie Beaton Until next time Motherfuckers